You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And today's topic, uh, actually, yesterday, Barbados, an island in the Caribbean, or really a part of the Americas. But um, they made news because they are no longer under the crown, under the British crown. They are now a republic. So I just want to kind of talk about a little bit uh, the history of Barbados and also, you know, those of us that are on the mainland of America, North America, a lot of times we lose sight and I'm specifically speaking to melanated folk. And I'm specifically speaking to melanated folk who know and identify as indigenous to the Americas. A lot of times we lose a sense of all of the Americas. So not only North America or the United States, that includes Canada. That also includes the Caribbean islands. And if we really took the time as we are, you know, unveiling our true heritage as we're tracing our true heritage, which is a wonderful thing, we're really, a lot of us losing sight unless the Caribbean islands is in your heritage, we lose sight of the large scale of colonization, land theft, resource theft that occurred in the Americas. A lot of times we lose track of that those Caribbean islands still have the same issues and problems. As a matter of fact, I would even go to say that they are worse because even with the folks that are inhabiting the islands, which are 90% melanated and ruled by melanated folks. The true indigenous people to those lands in the Caribbean don't understand the true history. So you have a lot of them walking around thinking that they were imports from West African slavery and not understanding that the islands are primarily made up of black Europeans, indigenous black slash melanated 
to the islands. And some, but very little, the smallest percentage of Africans. I think we lose the large scale of the amount of colonization that went on in total America to the fact that now Barbados is just finally, quote, quote, getting to become a republic. So let's talk about it. Let's uh, use a little technology here. And we are going to, let's bring up, excuse me, family. Let's bring up Barbados becoming a republic. And like I said, this happened yesterday. So you could find it. It hit mainstream media. That's how I found out, of course. But of course, it was just mentioned briefly. You know how that goes. So uh, this is from the website, The Conversation. Barbados, after four centuries, under the British crown, former slave island, you know, that's the narrative they like to push, looks to bright new Republican future. Okay, so let's run it down. 55 years after gaining independence from Britain in 1966, Barbados has become a republic. And other Commonwealth countries where support for the monarchy is becoming more volatile than ever could well follow in its wake. The change to a republic has been a long time coming for the 300,000 citizens of the small Caribbean island nation. Mia Motley, Barbados, century left prime minister, has long advocated for the change. As far back as 2005, Motley, then deputy prime minister, said that the Barbadian Labor Party was committed to holding a referendum on the issue. We feel that it is the right thing to do to have a Barbadian head of state We accept that there was a concern that the government alone should not make that decision in this day and age, and we are therefore committed to expressing our views to the public and having them pass judgment on us. The vote was planned for 2008, then the financial crisis hit, and the cost of holding such a vote was considered to be too expensive, so it was postponed. There has been some speculation that the removal of the queen was associated with the Black Lives the Black Lives Matter movement. Now that's interesting. And a new confidence. Certainly Motley has used this as a way of drawing attention and gathering public support for the issue, but in truth, a republic has long been on the agenda. Despite her party losing office between 2008 and 2018, The issue remained on the table in 2015, then Prime Minister, this what I've wanted y'all to catch this name, Uh, Frudel, Frudel, or Frodel, Stewart. Let me back that up for y'all because we're going to get into this. 
In 2005, then Prime Minister Frudel or Frundel Stewart from the center-right Democratic Party said that Barbados was moving towards a republic. He said, we respect the queen very highly as the head of the Commonwealth and accept that she and all her successor will continue to be at the apex of our political understanding. But in terms of Barbados constitutional status, we have to move from a monarchical system to a republic form of government in the very near future. So just real quick, I'm going to switch over. Let me remember where the heck I left off. <laughs> okay, I remember. Okay, so republic, just real quick. Republic is a form of government in which a state is ruled by representat represent representatives of the citizen body. Modern republics are uh, founded on the idea that sovereignty rests with the people, though who is included and excluded from this category of the people has varied across history. Because citizens do not govern the state themselves, but through representatives. Republics may be distinguished from direct democracy, though modern representat representative democracies are by and large republics. The term republic may also be applied to any form of government in which the head of state is not a hereditary monarch okay so i just wanted us just to give a quick little uh refresher on what a republic is and understand just because folks say that oh we're a republic or we want to go back to republic most people only want to look at this first part forms of government which the state is ruled by representative of the citizen body Modern republics are founded on the idea that sovereignty rests within the people. They Okay, that's what folks running around talking about going back to a republic. That's the first part they rest on. But they conveniently forget this second part. Though who is included and excluded from the category of the people has varied across history. Okay, so let's jump back over. So, Frundell or Frundell Stewart, remember that Stewart name, some of you already know where I'm going with this, said that he wanted it to go back to a republic. Motley's BOP won a landslide victory in the 2018 election, securing all 30 parliamentary seats giving her administration carte blanche to proceed with plans to become a republic. In truth, this was not a contentious issue as both sides had espoused the Republican cause. This, this time, the decision was made without holding a referendum. Unlike the Pacific Island of Tuvalu in 2008 and the neighboring St. Vincent and the Grenadines in 2009. The voters were not given a say. So y'all peeping game here of the other neighboring 
Caribbean islands, which are really just the Americas, going back to, quote, quote, a republic. All right? So not being a monarch from these different um, European empires. Perhaps because the citizens of these two island stated, states voted no to having an elected head of state, which was the preferred model in Barbados. This was an issue that divided the Republican cause in Australia in 1999. Okay, we know that Australia also was overtaken, and this is the only one that they do admit to of um, taking over from the indigenous melanated people on that island. And maybe because it was so recent in history is why they admitted to it. They turned Australia into a prison colony at first. So literally sending their prisoners there. When the country voted on the Republican movement's preferred model, which was for a head of state to be nominated by a two-thirds majority of parliament, rather than holding a direct election, 54% of Australians voted no. Many of them thought to be Republicans who wanted a directly elected head of state. Uh, all right. In 1996, a Constitutional Review Commission was given the job of exploring Barbados' link with the Crown. In 1998, it recommended that Barbados become a parliamentary republic. In 2005, the country replaced the London-based Judicial Committee of the Privy Council as its final court of appeals with the Caribbean Court of Justice in Trinidad and Tobago. Now, anybody that's been to these Caribbean islands, I've been to most of them. When I step off, off, off to them islands, it's nothing but copper color people, black and brown. Okay? Everywhere. All right. Section 49 of the Barbados Constitution states that Parliament may, by an act of Parliament passed by both houses, alter this Constitution. So it didn't take a great deal to alter the legal basis of the Constitution from a monarch to a republic. Could it be catching? Barbados' decision could prompt a wave of other countries deciding to adopt the Republican model. In Jamaica, the largest of the Commonwealth nations in the region, both political parties have spoken in favor of becoming a republic. In 2003, then-Prime Minister P.J. Patterson of the center-left People's National Party pledged to abolish the monarchy by 2007, telling a party conference. 
I love the queen dearly, but the time has come when we must have a head of state chosen by us. Opinion polls taken in 2020 found that 55% of the Jamaicans want to end the country's association with the crown. Republicanism is not confirmed to the Caribbean as recently as March 2021. A Canadian poll found that 45% of respondents wanted to move to a Republican model and only 24% were committed to remaining a monarchy. Even in Britain, support for the monarchy is failing or falling rather, especially by the youngest voters who favor an elected head of state by a 10% margin, according to a YouGov poll, which found 41% of 18-year-olds to 24-year-olds favored a republic. New beginnings. The Prince of Wales, who flew to Barbados for the handover ceremony, cut a dignified figure when congratulating the country on its decisions, telling the Barbadians... The creation of this republic offers a new beginning. From the darkest days of our past and the appalling atrocities of slavery, and we're going to talk about this a little more, which forever stains our history, people of this island forged their path with extraordinary fortitude. So are we seeing the writing on the wall for the British crown in former imperial possessions? The queen is still head of state, for 15 and 15 nations including the UK, Canada, Canada is part of the, of the Americas. Canada is part of the Americas. And Australia. And support for republicanism is reportedly waning in the latter country. In neighboring New Zealand, meanwhile, a recent survey showed that 50% of respondents favored retaining the monarchy even after the death of the current queen, compared with 44% who favored a republic. Okay, so we should know by now that Australia and New Zealand definitely has a uh, lot of Europeans inhabiting it, uh, Caucasian Europeans, okay? And same with Canada. Uh, and Canada also has uh, French, French Europeans also. I'm talking about their uh, original origins. So meaning from uh, France and uh, Britain and Canada and Australia, from Britain, so Caucasians, okay? The other, the Caribbeans, also are inherited by a lot of Europeans. The secret is they are Black Europeans, okay? But we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Okay, uh, this is a turnaround from a similar poll taken two years ago when 55% said they wanted to become a republic. The only thing these polls can tell us is that support for the monarchy in Britain's formal, former imperial possessions remains volatile and the chances are that the sun will set on the crown elsewhere, 
before too long. Okay, so um, this is coming from The Conversation, theconversation.com, and it's titled Barbados, After Four Centuries Under the British Crown, Former Slave Island Looks to Brighten New Republic, Republican Future. Okay, so take a sip of water. Let's get into some of this Barbados history. <clears throat> so this is from the British Civil Wars, Commonwealth. Um, so this is from the bcwproject.org. Barbados. The Caribbean island of Barbados was discovered by the Portuguese and taken over by Spain in 1492. The Spaniards enslaved and they say wiped out the native Carib Indians, but they really didn't enslave, okay, the Indians, but then abandoned Barbados in favor of, lar of the larger Caribbean islands. The islands was claimed for King James I of England in May 1625 by Captain John Powell. Now, King James is a steward. His mama name, his mama name is Stuart. Remember I told y'all to remember that name, Stuart. And here you have back in, doo -doo 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 -doo, let me get to it. La, 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 la. I don't like to lie up upon people. In 2015, Prime Minister Frudel Stewart melanated. Let's jump back. I said again, King James I is a Stewart. That's his mama name. That's his mama name. So the island was claimed for King James I of England in May 1625 by Captain John Powell. On uh, February 1627, a party of 80 English settlers and 10 slaves founded a colony at Whole Town, formerly known as Jamestown. Chow, chow. Sip the water, sip the water. Chow. The colonists established the Barbadian House of Assembly in 1639. Land was allocated to speculators. And within a few years, much of the island had been deforested to make way for tobacco and cotton plantations. Arrah! Arrah! Isn't this the same script that was used on the mainland 
in America, now known as the United States, where the Indians were enslaved, and then land speculators or land was allocated to speculators, and I call that the king's boys, them. And then they did what? They started deforesting. So that means cutting down trees, right? That means cutting down trees and terraforming, right? To make way for tobacco and cotton plantations. Now, the only difference is on the island of America or the island of uh, the mainland, let's just call the United States the mainland, only difference is the indigenous Indians were already growing tobacco and cotton. Okay? But they saying here that at first the Portuguese, Portuguese say love, the Portuguese were there first. Then Spain came in. All of this is the same script. All of this is the same exact script that happened on the mainland slash the United States of America. Then it was taken over by Spain. Then King James came on the scene. And um, with a party of 80 English settlers. And 10 slaves. Now, I'm just guessing. This just me guessing. I am using deductive logical reasoning. Because if they were planting tobacco and cotton. If they were planting tobacco and cotton. Who knew how to do that? That would be them Indians that knew how to grow that tobacco and cotton. Because cotton was king in the South. And tobacco, Indians were known for growing that. And all you have to do is just go back and look at those original tobacco Indian Statues, they were clearly of dark, black, slash, melanated folk. So those Indians were melanated. So I can only use deductive reasoning that when they say they brought the 10 slaves over, that it would probably be them Indians from that mainland, United States, that know how to already grow them crops versus somebody from Africa. Okay, so it says during the 1630s, uh, sugarcane was introduced. Okay, so I'm not sure what the sugarcane, if they went over to other islands, uh, maybe Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. One of the other islands with the sugarcane, although in the South, they deal with sugarcane also off the coast of Carolina. They also deal with sugarcane. 
okay? Sugar became the island's principal industry and Barbados dominated sugar production in the Caribbeans until the 18th century. Now, they say, because you know, they got to give you the slave narrative. That's why it's important to read between the lines. When you understand the events in history, you can read between the lines and then sometimes you'll get lucky and they'll just come out and directly say stuff. So they said at first, labor on the plantation relied on what? The indenture of servants. Mm. Where civilians who wanted to immigrate could do so by signing an agreement to serve a planter in Barbados for a period of five to seven years. So if we want to know how black Europeans got to the Caribbeans, as well as black Europeans getting to the mainland of the Americas, which is now known as the United States, this is how they did it. At first, labor on the plantations relied upon the indenture of servants. Where civilians who wanted to immigrate could do so by signing an agreement to serve a planter in Barbados for a period of five to se five or seven years. The earlier indentured servants were AKA black melanated. White indentured servants start coming into the mix in the 1700s. But most of the indentured servants, the original ones were black slash melanated and they were European. And history has rewritten them to be African slaves. Along with rewriting the, Amer the original indigenous American Indian as African slaves. So you had three groups of people Throughout the Americas, among melanated folks, the black European, the black slash melanated indigenous Indian, and the African, with which the African being the least group in numbers, okay? To meet further labor demands, never miss y'all, I keeps telling y'all it's the same formula. To meet further labor demands, convicted criminals and some prisoners from the what? Some prisoners from the huh? Some prisoners from the who? The civil wars were shipped to Barbados as slaves. So come on with it now, article. 
The white slaves and the indentured laborers were known as the red legs. Clutching my pearls. Their descendants still live on the island. During the 1640s and 50s, planters came to rely increasingly on slave labor from West Africa. Now, this last part has yet to be proven with the records. The records do not reflect the millions and millions of slaves coming over to the coast from the coast of West Africa to the Americas. What we see when you go look at the records and you go to the Library of Congress, what you see specifically are the transporting of slaves from the mainland or the main island, which is now known as the United States, to the Caribbeans. You see more of that transporting than you do slaves coming from West Africa, okay? And why would they need to when they already had a population of Indians that they had even either made agreements with to do business or who had lost the wars and became prisoners of wars and went under labor contracts and or was just flat out enslaved. Plus them importing their own people so why would they need to go all the way over to Africa to get all of this labor when they already had a built-in labor population? Their own folk, okay? Because Europe had become a place of poverty with the mismanagement of those monarchs. So folks was like, oh, I got an opportunity to go work in new lands. Okay, I sign up for that contract, which they call indentured servants. And those particular folks were black. The earlier ones were black. Okay, so let's go keep going. During the Civil Wars, the colony remained neutral. And quietly, I'm sorry, yeah, and quietly continue trading with the Netherlands and New England. With the collapse of the king's cause in the British Isles, however, royalist refugees fled to Barbados. In 1650, Charles II confirmed the appointment of Lord Willerby. Of Parham as governor of the island. When Willoughby's appointment was eventually accepted by the Barbadian House of Assembly, the Westminster Parliament passed an act to stop all trade between Barbados and England. Furthermore, the Navigation Act of 1650 attempted to prevent the Dutch from trading with the island. In 1651, a Commonwealth expeditionary force under the command of General at Sea, Sir Charles Askew, 
was sent to take control of the island. The squadron uh, comprised seven ships, Askew's flat ship, the Rainbow, the uh, frigate Am Amity, and five armed merchant vessels carrying about 860 men in all. After a diversion to assist Robert Blake in recapturing the Sicily Isles and a fruitless search for Prince Rupert's squadron off the coast of Portugal, Askew's exposition, expedition arrived off Carlisle Bay and Barbados in 1651. Okay, it's not that, that not that much. <clears throat> okay, um, on the day after his arrival, Askew sent Captain Park in the Amity with three of the armed merchantmen into Carlisle Bay to seize a number of Dutch vessels that were trading with the colonies in contravention of the Commonwealth embargo. On October 17th, a school uh, summoned Lord Willoughby to surrender the island. Having mustered a force of 1,000 foot and 400 horse from the island militia, however, Willoughby rejected the summons. Askew's forces were too small to attempt an armed landing, so he set up a blockade in the hope that the loss of the trade would eventually bring the royalists to terms. The islanders believe a report that Charles II had won the Battle of Worcester and held a day of Thanksgiving on the 7th of November for the king's victory. However, Willoughby's remained defiant even after a school had sent him a printed account from London of the true outcome of the battle and a late letter from Lady Willoughby's urging him to surrender. So, child, he's like, oh, no, I ain't giving it up. <laughs> so, Askew mounted raids <coughs> on royalist positions in an attempt to increase the pressure on Willoughby. During the night of November 22nd, 200 seamen under the command of Captain Morris, who had led the assault on Tresco during Blake's campaign against the Sicily Isles, came ashore in a surprise attack on the Royalist Fort Holdtown. The fort was overrun, its guns sparked, and 30 prisoners taken. The Commonwealth landing party got away with no loss to themselves. A school was temporarily reinforced on December 1st when the annual Virginia fleet arrived at Barbados. Because remember, Virginia was part of the what? The original 13 colonies. The 13 black colonies set up by King James now. Okay. The fleet carried a number of Scottish prisoners taken at the Battle of Worcester who were beginning transported to Virginia as indenture laborers. See, I told you, I ain't got to lie. I ain't got to lie. So this idea that all of the slaves or laborers were from Africa. It's just not true. I 
my school hired 150 Scots to reinforce a party of 400 seamen under Captain Morris for an attack on the fort at Speltstown. On December 2nd, Morris's force landed under cover of darkness, but the Royalists were aware of their approach. A force of 1,200 foot and four troops of horse under the command of Colonel Gibbs advanced to meet them. After a brief struggle on the beach, the Royalists fled, apparently believing the Commonwealth force to be stronger than it was. The abandoned fort was plundered of its arms, ammunition, and gunpowder. Askew reported that 100 Royalists were killed and 80 prisoners taken for the loss of seven or eight of Morris's men. Despite the success of the raids, Askew lacked the resources for a full-scale invasion of the island, which was defeated by around 6,000 militiamen. Dang. Askew tried to undermine Lord Willoughby's position by treating his royalist prisoners well, then releasing them after giving them an account of the true situation in England. Child. Two were hanged on Willoughby's orders for spreading subversive opinions on the island. Askew's also established contact with Colonel Thomas Modiford, a moderate among the Barbadian leaders, who realized that the royalist cause was hopeless. In secret communications with Askew, Modiford agreed to contact other moderates and to attempt to put pressure on Willoughby to surrender. However, Modiford's negotiations were discovered. Willoughby and Modiford mobilized militia units loyal to them in preparation for an armed confrontation. Askew landed Commonwealth forces near Austin on the coast, I'm sorry, on the south coast of the island to support Montefiore. But after some initial skirmishing, a week of heavy rain put a stop to the military operation. During the hiatus, Lord Willoughby realized that he had no hope of winning against the Commonwealth in the long run. He surrendered to a school on uh, January 11, 1652, under the generous terms. In exchange for surrendering Barbados and acknowledging the sovereignty of the Commonwealth. Willoughby's estate in England were restored to him and he was allowed to keep his property on Barbados. He returned to England in August 1652. Okay, I'm going through this because I want you all to understand not only <clears throat> the flow of control <coughs> from these different, excuse me, European empires, but want to show you how it has always been ruled by different leaders from these European empires. All right? So blood and just straight up said he wasn't going to get the island up because he thought that who he was cool with, uh, King Charles II, was still in power. So he like, no, nah, I, I, I'm finna fight this on out because I know the king finna send his boys and them to handle this. So he was fighting for a couple months until he finally got in his head 
that King Charles II had been overthrown. So he struck a deal. So he was able to keep his crib or keep his estate on Barbados Island. And he was able to keep his estates. Uh, uh, let, let me be clear, not estate, estates, plural, in England. And so old boy returned to England in 1652. The surrender of Barbados was quickly followed by the submission of the remaining royalist held colonies in the Americas. Let me read that again. The surrender of Barbados was quickly followed by the submission of the remaining royalist held colonies in the Americas. Virginia submitted on March 12, 1652, Maryland and the Bermudas around the end of March. When Cromwell launched a Western design against Spanish possessions in the West Indies in 1654, Barbados was regarded as an important staging post for the expedition. It was expected that fresh supplies could be taken on and additional trips levied for the attacks on Hispaniola. In the event, Barbadian employers were reluctant to allow their men to join the expedition, although some 4,000 additional troops were levied. The planter, Colonel Harris, who was appointed their commander, refused to leave Barbados, and the governor, Daniel Surley, whom the Council of State had nominated as one of the leaders of the exposition, also refused to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <coughs> After re the re restoration, Lord Willoughby was reappointed <coughs> to the governorship of Barbados. Excuse me. Ciao. Woo, honey. That's from uh, the BCW project, bcw.org project. So that's giving a rundown of um, the history of Barbados. So let me see if... Uh, uh, okay, uh, I'll have to check that out. I thought it was maybe going to give me a different uh, view. Okay, so that's what that is. Um, I just want us to point out, like I said, they relied on indentured servants and, um, <clears throat> also let's start out with the island was claimed for who? King James the first of England. So let's get into how these Kings and them looked. This shouldn't be a surprise to y'all that rock with me. Who that is? Who that? 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 Who? Um, King James the First of England and the Fourth of Scotland. Uh, a.k.a. Black Melanated Man. King James the First 
of England and Scotland. He is also a steward. So as late as 2015, there was a black slash melanated steward that was the prime minister of Barbados. Okay. So let's go um, look at... Uh, um, here's the coin of whom Francis II and Mary Stewart melanated folk. A coin of Francis II and Mary Stewart, 1558. King James the first parents. Let's continue. Um, Charles II, King of England, Scotland, France, and Ireland. Uh-huh. Let's continue. Another picture of Charles II. He must have loved to wear them wigs, baby. Child, I'm not even going to go there. He loved his wigs. What was wrong with your natural hair, Charles, that you had to wear all these wigs? Child, let me continue. Um, just, just, you know, just, just, just to remind you, this is, uh, King Henry VIII. Let's continue. Uh, this is another one of King Henry VIII. Okay, let's see. I think that's the final one I want to show you. Um... This was Edward the Fourth. Okay, so this particular picture, uh, Queen Liz Elizabeth. You know, one more, because I'm gonna run these toward the end. And then another one of Queen Mary. Okay. So I'm showing you that because out the gate, King James was a melanated man. King Charles II was a melanated man. He was also known as the black boy. So it would make sense that those original indentured servants coming over from Europe were black. The black European. So it would make sense that the islands today, the Caribbeans, which are really just still the Americas, are still being ran by black folk, black Europeans, 
that are appointed by now by the crown, which is now white or Caucasian, but that was not the original quote quote ethnicity. Okay, so um, see, I'm uh, just trying to see what else we wanted to put on here. Uh, I think this is the charter. Yeah, this is excerpts from the 1651 charter. Uh, we talked about that. All right, first, doo -doo 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 -doo. they allege, oh, but before I do that, <coughs> excuse me, apologize. So that I just want you all to see a picture on the, uh, I think it's going to be on you all's left. And they got boxed in here, the Caribbean islands. Okay. I mean, most of y'all know that. Okay. And you see how the islands are so close together. Okay. All right. They first they alleged that the island was settled and inhibited at the charges and by the special order of the people of England and therefore ought to be subject to the same nation. Okay. Uh no, that's not what I was looking for. I thought this was the charter. Um Oh, it is, but it's written. They just did this all wrong. I, I don't know why they didn't do it straight. Maybe I'm just not. I'm going to read it. This is supposed to be an excerpt from uh, the original charter. So bear with me. It looks like they mixed some stuff. Because <sighs> I couldn't find the original. I mean, I could get it, but I have to go to... Um, England to do it, which I am going to take a trip to England. I got to take it to do a couple of other things, a couple of other investigation. I'm going to have to go back there. Okay. Now I'm going to be looking at it in a different light. All right. So uh, they alleged that the, this island was first settled and inhabited at the charges and by this special order of the people of England and therefore ought to be subject to the same nation. It is certain that we all of us know very well that we, the present inhabitants of this island, were and still that be that people of England who with great danger to our person and with great charge and trouble have settled this island in its condition and inhabited the same. And shall we therefore be subject to the will and command of those that stay at home? Now, child, here you got these black Europeans done came over to the island. Because remember, first the Portuguese was there. Then Spain came. Okay. Then King James came, set up shop. Okay. Then when King James came, they came and started terraforming. We're cutting down the trees and planting uh, tobacco and cotton and sugar cane and brought 
some indentured servants, so meaning some uh, European indentured servants, and brought some, quote, quote, slaves, and I can only use deductive reasoning and say that they were Indian slaves because the Indian slaves would know how to grow the tobacco and cotton and sugar cane. So they didn't get all comfy, honey, comfy, cozy, baby. Then King Charles ran into some dramatization. King Charles II with his rulership. So <clears throat> the uh, black Brits, that according to them, they didn't got everything up and running. Now, I dare you now. We didn't get everything up and running. We all chilling. We starting to get, we didn't got along with the uh, um, original indigenous Indians. We all married up with each other, all this. We all chilling, having a good time. We send the ends back to the crown off of the profits that are made from the sugar cane, the cotton, and the tobacco. And now, because y'all got some drama at the crib in England, y'all want to come over here and take over? We built this. Okay? So that's pretty much what they're saying. Shall we be bound to the government and lordship of a parliament in which we have no representation or persons chosen by us, for there to be propound and consent to what might be needful to us as also to oppose and dispute all what should tend to our disadvantage and harm? In truth, this would be slavery far exceeding all that the English nation hath yet suffered. And we doubt not but the courage which hath brought us thus far out of our own country to seek our beings and livelihood in this wild country will maintain us in our freedoms without which our lives will be uncomfortable to us. So them black Europeans like, hold up, 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 hold up now, blood. We built this. So now you want to swoop in and come in here and try to tell us what to do. You're going to put somebody over us and tell us what to do. That's like being in slavery. Slash indenture servitude. We ain't no indentured servants. Secondly, it is alleged that the inhabitants of this island have by cunning and by force usurped a power in government. If we, the inhabitants of this island, now notice they are consistently saying inhabitants, not indigenous inhabitants, had been heard what we could have said for ourselves, this allegation would have never been printed. But those who are destined to be slaves may not enjoy those privileges. So again, saying, child, look, we ain't trying to be y'all slaves. Y'all ain't built this stuff up. We built it up. Otherwise, we might have said and testified with the truth that the government now used among us is the same 
that hath always been ratified and doth every way agree with the first settlement and government in these places and was given us by the same power and authority that New England holds theirs. Okay, so <clears throat> in other words, saying that King Charles II and originally um, King James I was the one sanctioned it. So they don't know nothing about nobody else coming over, taking nothing over. Um, they don't know nothing about that. Thirdly, by the above said act, all outlandish foreign nations are forbidden to hold any correspondent or traffic with the inhabitants of this island, although all the ancient inhabitants, you peep game, the ancient inhabitants know very well how greatly they have been obliged to those of the low countries for their substance and how difficult it would have been for us without their assistance. Child, let me sip my water and clutch my pearls. Now them low countries, that's them Carolinas, y'all. That's them Carolinas, them ancient inhabitants, the melanated black Indians. So here they are admitting that the low countries, they had to depend on them for survival. And how difficult it would have been for us without their assistance ever to have inhabited these places. So, like I said, agreements had to have been in place with the Caribbeans and the United States, what we call today as the United States or the Black Indians, had to be doing some form of business. Some deals had to be cut somewhere. All right? Now, remember, we're reading the Barbados Declaration of Independence of 1651. Without their assistance, ever to have inhabited these places or to have brought them into order. Okay, so now brought them into order to me, that sounds like some type of battle went on, but maybe I'm reaching. Oh, okay. Okay, but what? All right. And we are yet daily sensible what necessary comfort they bring to us daily and that they do sell. Ciao. They do sell their commodities a great deal cheaper than our own nations will do. <clears throat> so whom were the black inhabitants, the black Europeans of the Caribbeans, buying their commodities from the low countries? You mean that Carolina coast? But this <coughs> comfort must be taken, and let's, let's make no mistakes. He specifically said the ancient inhabitants of the low countries. 
But this comfort must be taken from us by those who will who by those whose will must be a law to us. But we declare that we will never be so unthankful to the Netherlands for their former help and assistance as to deny or forbid them or any other nation the freedom of our harbors and the protection of our laws by which they may continue, if they please, all freedom of commerce and traffic with us. So, child, he didn't throw everybody up in here. Okay, he started out saying, you know, we had a, a, original our original arrangements and our authority to do business over here. <clears throat> We're supposed to be answering to King Charles II. Just as a reminder, go back, go back with the wigs, okay? The one known as Black Boy. Maybe that's why he was wearing the wigs. His feelings was hurt from being called Black Boy, okay? And just in case folks forget, uh, King James' parents, the stewards. His mother is a steward. And uh, King James. I thought I had two pictures of him. I wanted the picture of him where he was older. It's in here somewhere. I know it's in here somewhere. So just to remind people, all right? Fourthly, for uh, to per perfect and accomplish our intended slavery and to make our next palatable for to undergo the yoke, they got and forbid to our own countrymen to hold any correspondence, commerce, or traffic with us, nor to suffer allow any to come at us. But such who have obtained particular license from some persons that no other goods or merchandises shall be brought hither than such as the licensed person shall please and think fit to give way to and that they are to sell the same at such a price as they shall please to impose on them and suffer no other ships to come hither but their own as likewise that no inhabitants of this island may send home upon their own account any island goods of this place but shall be as slaves to the company who shall have the above said licenses and submit to them the whole advantage of our labor and industry. So he's telling you how they do business. Okay. He's telling you how they do business. So in other words, you just can't come up in here <clears throat> without a license to do business. You know, even the folks working on this island can't just send stuff back home. Because, see, they have to pay taxes back to the crown. In this case, they were under the crown of England. Okay? And at this time, black boy King Charles II was in charge until he got overthrown. All right? So they making it clear, look, we didn't already got this stuff set up. We didn't got it squared away with the Indians. 
They're even doing business with us. Yeah, that was after some fighting went on. But now everything all smoothed out. We got the rules of engagement for commerce because at the end of the day, this is a business for them. It still is. The business of commerce using the resources of the indigenous people of that land. And those resources go back to the crown, crown forever and ever and ever and ever. Okay? Doesn't matter who holds the seat of power of the crown. They get to appoint who they want to run that particular company. So look at these islands as companies. So old boy pleading his case like, what are you talking about, dude? I was hired by King Charles II. But he keeps forgetting blood. You are an employee at the end of the day. Just like them folks on that island got them indentured serving contracts. Well, buddy, you just got a new boss. All right? King Charles II, the black boy, is not your boss anymore. You got a new boss. All right? So let's continue. Wherefore, having... Rightly considered, we declare that as we would not be wanting to use all our honest means for obtaining a continuous of commerce, trade, and good corresponding with our country, so we will not alienate ourselves from the old heroic virtues of true Englishmen to prostitute our freedoms and privileges to which we are born to the will and, and opinion of any one. Neither do we think our number so contemptible, nor our resolution so weak to be forced or persuaded to do so ignoble a submission. And we cannot think that there are any among us who are so simple and so unworthy-minded that they would not rather choose a noble death than forsake their own liberties and privileges. So in other words, they like blood, you can go on with that up the street, around the corner, and around the block. I don't know nothing about what you talking about. We had the agreement with King Charles II growing up being known as the black boy. So now if you think you finna come over here and gangstify something, we about that life on this island. We bought that life. And we got the ancient Indians here with us also, as well as all of us. Y'all forgot all of us that came over here? Yeah, we bought that life. Now come on with it now. So that's basically what they were saying in this Barbados Declaration of Independence in 1651. Right? So, uh, just to read, you see this picture, I'll try it, and it's from the Library of Congress. 
Yeah. <clears throat> this is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a prospect, prospect of Bridgetown in Barbados, 1695. Okay. So y'all see the factory onto the little side there. So you see all in the back, those mountains. I can't tell with these drawings. Well, remember they said that, um, where did we see that at? Was it up here? No, it was up here. That when did King James come in and start cutting down the trees? Chow, when did he come in and do that? Um, 1625. Okay, 1625. Okay. So that solved us in the back from the ancient trees. Uh, at least probably one ancient tree, ancient giant tree being cut. Okay. Barbados shipped most of its sugarcane on Dutch ships and had traded steadily with the Netherlands since its foundings. Parliament, by banning all English colonial trade with foreign nations through the Navigation Act, was directly targeting the Barbados trade relations relationship with the Netherlands. The Navy fleet of seven ships arrived from England in October 1651 and set up a blockade of Barbados. Battles between the English forces and Willoughby's militia took the lives of several hundred Barbadian men. Facing certain defeat against the Imperial Navy, Lord Willoughby surrendered on January 17th, Nine, I'm sorry, 1652. That's after he talked crap. <laughs> Baby, in 1651. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Okay, so this was uh, Barbados Declarations of Independence. It was from the National Humanitycenter.org. Okay, this was uh, excerpts from that 1651 declaration. All right, so I hope that this gives you a much better perspective, specifically on Barbados. Um, and I just always want us to keep in mind who was holding the seat of power when. Okay, so I'm going to rock out uh, the last portion of the show. We're just showing you uh, pictures, coins, drawings of Black Europeans, kings, priests, and uh, family crest. Okay? I always want you to keep in mind who was holding the seat of power when. So this is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. I wish you well on this Wednesday. And also, if you are not subscribed to us, I highly encourage you to subscribe to us, like, and share. Peace and love, family.
Thank <laughs> you.